following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. So I have to tell you about the very first time I met my mentor, Pastor Dar, who is the founding pastor here at Praise and Worship. And and um, we were at the St. Louis Bread Company in St. Louis. Uh, it, I know it follows. You know, you think that's uh, redundant, but it's not. And so, because there were days, there were used to be times when the St. Louis Bread Company was not in St. Louis, and now they call them Panera. But before all that happened, we were there, and, and um, we had never met before. And it was really unique because we were probably really close to each other and just walked by each other even a few times and never knew it. And so we're there, and... We, we sit down, he and Jan, and myself and my wife Debbie, and we start talking about this dream of what it would look like if somehow he and I were to get on the same team and work together. And he, he just kind of, you know, as Dar would always do, he just kind of sort of pushed back from the table a little bit and threw his head back a little bit. He says, it's about making disciples for Jesus. This is what he said. And, and, you know, of course, I'm like, yeah, you go, right? You know, we were just, you know, we're, and, and it's this whole idea. And, it, and, I, and I told Debbie yesterday, I said, you know, I feel a little strange about this because if you've been at Praise and Worship very long, I, I've preached on this text like literally seven or eight times. It's kind of the point where it's like people just like, can, can we like talk about like Daniel and, or maybe Gal- David and Goliath or something? Read a cool old Bible story or something? And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And let's, tell, let's see how what it means to make disciples, right? That's, that's exactly what we're doing. And so what does it mean to be a church that makes disciples? This is exactly our question. And as we do this, I want to introduce to you this idea, this thought that you would understand. And that is this. I want you to know that you are always discipling. You and I are always discipling. Now, it may not always be toward Jesus. And in my case, I would, you'd probably find sometimes you're like, ooh, that's not discipling toward Jesus. But we're always discipling. And so it's not something we have to start doing. We're already doing it. And you might be thinking, well, what do you mean? Well, if I took you out to the golf course, now you need to know when I was young, I was a bit of a golfer, but I was forced to golf, so I kind of didn't always pick, the, you know, I never really had the passion to keep doing it. But I, I, there was a time and a place where I could almost shoot bogey golf, you know, or something like that, and I could take you out to the golf course, and I could read to you from a book on golf. Would that work very well in your, if I was, no. At some point, I'm going to have to get into a stance, and I'm going to show you how to hold the club, and I'm going to show you all these different things, and of course, I wouldn't show you very well, because I was, I was almost good, but I wasn't very good. I couldn't ever keep my head down. This is the problem. Keep your head down if you want to be a good golfer. This is the thing. And, and so, we would begin to demonstrate, right? If, you, if some of you guys were, were good at bowling, or, or I think of another sport, you know, that you love to... Uh, pickleball, pickle, pickle, yeah, so see, Dolph taught me about pickle. He would take me out, and he would say, you need to kind of, you know, it's backhanded, you need to have a good form, you need to follow through, all these kinds of things, you know, keep your elbows in, whatever it might be, you would start showing people what, to, you would be discipling them in that task, in that activity, and I want you to know all of us have this, we all have things that are in our wheelhouse, even for the young ones among us, there's things that you're good at, you can do those things, and whatever your thing is, you could show someone else how to do it, in fact, I would argue you already are, um, it doesn't matter what it is, maybe those of us who have, who have parented, right, uh, your, your parents, you're always <laughs> discipling, um, there was this one time when Aaron and I were on our way, we were actually on our way to Branson, 
and um, we were we were we had our little our little SUV, which was like 900 years old and had 4.4 billion miles on it, and we were pulling a trailer, and it literally had everything of any value to our family in this vehicle, and. And we're driving down I-44, and the, the, the engine threw a rod. I don't know if you're familiar with what that sounds like. I want you to think of somebody holding up a big pipe wrench and hitting a piece of metal as hard as they could. That's the sound that it, it creates. And I heard that sound, and I knew exactly what it meant. And out of my word came, out of my mouth, I mean to say, came some discipleship for my son Aaron. He had never heard his dad say that word before. And, and I was, I'm very embarrassed to say that I did say it, but I was, I was just, it was like my world exploded because we already were just, everything was holding by a thin hair, right? And it was, was just all by a thread, and we had like $12 in our pocket. We had nothing. I mean, it was just, and when that happened, I'm like, I'm just like, game over. It was game over. I mean, what are you going to do? Turns out, my friend Jan, again, she taught me, Dar's wife Jan said, because we happened to break down, just as it so happened right in front of their house in Eureka. Just, I couldn't see that yet, right? And so, so she came out, she picked us up. She's like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to pray and we're going to see what the Lord will do. She was discipling. She was showing me what to do when everything was a mess. Right? And I had already showed my son what to do when you react to something terrible. And notice how powerful her commentary was to push back against that. You and I are always discipling. And I know sometimes you're like, that's a scary thought. But I want us to be free of that fear today. I want us to hear the words of Jesus and put our trust in him. Not to worry, but to simply join him. Take a look at Matthew 28, verses 18 to 19a. I'm, gonna, I'm literally carving all these sentences up. So, so we're just kind of taking a look at zooming in on some of these different things so that we can see some key words. Jesus came to them and said, all authority. And just so we're clear, he makes it very clear, in heaven and on earth. So there's no authority that he doesn't hold. If it's an authority, it's his. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, fulfilling the words of Daniel 7, when the Ancient of Days gave to the Son of Man the throne and said, this is what it's going to be. And he takes all of that authority. He now has utter control. And he calls his disciples and he says, y'all do it. Go and make more of y'all. Right? I'm using the Texas translation. Therefore, go and make disciples. Right, And that is just, I have to tell you, we always say it, but we have to say it again. That's mind-boggling. If I was God, I wouldn't have done it that way. I'd have been like, okay, you guys just sit down and shut up and I'll take care of it. Right? It's a personality problem I have. And this is the thing that he does not have. He understands. My, one of my childhood pastors, I've shared this a few times before. I loved what he said. He goes, do you, know why, do you know why at this moment Jesus didn't summon all the angels to go and tell the story? Because they don't know what it's like to be redeemed. They don't know what it's like to be forgiven. They don't know what it's like to experience the grace and the mercy of he who has all authority. The only people in the universe who are in a position to embody that is you and me. We're the only people. And we have been created, as we saw a few core values ago, in God's image, fearfully and wonderfully made, both in general and in particular, so that we could join him on this mission. 
I want you to see your life. You know that you're already, already discipling. It's not something you have to start doing. I want you to see your life as, that, as, though, as though everything in it, you have been put in places and in times and positions, Acts chapter 17, verses 22 and following, you have been put in places and times and positions so that you would be in the position to not only to reach out to God, though he's not far from any of us, but to be used by him. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We could cite all kinds of places. You and I are literally brought up into this world and carried forth both to receive the glory of God and to share it. It is, we always used to say the, the, uh, the image, it's like a waterfall of grace that flows from God and it just splashes all over you and then it becomes a river that flows outward so that it carries not only what he's done for you, but he does it through you onto others. It's like you and I are mirrors that have been light of the universe hits us and it just bounces off, it reflects and shines everywhere around us. I love the video we watched about This Is Discipleship because it shows that graphically they have this little glow where everyone has faith, right? And it would, the one person who would bring the glow would talk to the other person and then they would start to glow. And then notice they did it sometimes not by talking, but by washing their feet or by loving them, by serving them, by befriending them. This is how it works. Jesus came and told them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore, you go and make disciples. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, be making disciples. It is his command to you and to me. If you ever want to know what God's will is for your life, this is it. Now, we were talking in Bible study earlier. It doesn't mean you need to go off to seminary like I did because I was a little nuts to do that. But, you know, some of us do that. Some of us don't do that. And, and, and it, I want you to know it, none of that matters. I mean, it matters, but let God handle that. You do, what you, you do what you do. Just keep doing it and letting God's light shine in your life. Um, but here's the other thing that I want you to not to forget before we leave this point. All authority... His all authority is what is given to us to do this. So in other words, we're not alone in this. And I have to tell you, every once in a while, the devil, will, he will sneak in behind me and he will sucker punch me and he will start to convince me that it's not going to work, that, you know, all these efforts, all these things, it's just going to, nah, might as well just give up, you know, go to First Lutheran Church out in Kansas and just sit there and do page 5 and 15 until everybody dies. You know, that's, you sometimes get that feeling. And, and I want you to know that no, no, we have all authority. So get out of here, devil. Get out of here, powers of darkness. We are carrying the light of Jesus. And nothing in this world can stop us. Please believe that. When you see all authority, I want you to see that as something that has been delegated to you and to me and that it gives us the power of the gospel. Romans 1.16, he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who will believe, first for the Jew then for the Gentile. That means first for the insider, those who already have the word of God and those who know nothing about it. That's, that's what he has given to you and to me. Look at verse 19b. So now we're like looking at the second half of 19 because we're going to add two more words in there. He says, therefore, go and make disciples. What kind? Of who, right? Of all nations. So there's no human on the earth that God doesn't want to save. It's just it's that simple. And I know it's, there's not a lot of nations represented in this room. I can see that when I look around. But, you know, there's more than you might think. The point being is, is that there's a whole lot out there, and they're not, it's, you know, there used to be this feeling that mission only applied when you crossed a large body of water. Mission applies whenever you, like, wake up. <laughs> 
Sometimes mission happens in your own house. Sometimes you might have a family member who's like, I don't know about all this. And then you disciple. You show them what it's like to trust God in the middle of your struggles. When you have doubts, when, when I have doubts, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you knew this, but the pastor has doubts too. We all struggle, okay? We all go through times of, of frustration and like, why would you do that, Lord? I don't understand. But we remember he's in charge and we trust him. And then sometimes we have to disciple one another in that. And so through this, it's important to know that all nations begins in your house and then as Jesus would say in Acts chapter 1, it, it was in Jerusalem, which is where they were, right? That's where you're at. And then in Judea, which is your surrounding community, right? You know, your, maybe your, your, your county or your state. And then to Samaria. For us, that's like Arkansas. It's always the joke we tell. It's the place you don't want to go. That's the joke. And then, No, I'm just kidding. And then, and then you keep going out, and then he says, and he says to the ends of the earth, right? And people have said, well, we've already reached the ends of the earth. And, and the answer is, if everybody doesn't know Jesus, then the answer is we haven't reached the ends of the earth. We're not there yet. And there are people, I want you to know, in your own neighborhood, in your own place of work or place of play or place of school, they don't know him. They don't, they don't, some of them may know of him and don't want anything to do with him. And I get that. And so we disciple. We show his love. We're already discipling. It's just a question of what and to whom. Take a look at verse 19, which now we're looking at verse the, the third part of that, which they call C. And it, look, he says, making disciples of all nations. How? How is this going to go down? Jesus gives a very specific set of instructions. There are two parts to the process. And the first part is to baptize them. So that's what's interesting. I always love my brother Jeff. He'll be like, you know, I, I find it interesting how there are different views on baptism in different church bodies and all these faith traditions. And he goes, what I find interesting about that is, yes, we can all debate on what the right way to do baptism is, but what I love is there's a whole lot of baptizing going on. And it's just exactly true. This is, what, this is the joy that we have, is you can look around and everybody's debating on how it should happen, but it's happening. It's happening. And there are countless thousands, tens of thousands of people being baptized every single day. The kingdom of God is marching forward. The devil does not want you to realize. That, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. Have you ever heard this phrase? Islam is the fastest growing religion in, er, on the earth. May I just tell you that's absurd. And it's a false statement. It's based on numbers from like 1996 in one portion of one country. It was just, it was just taken completely out of context. It's not even close. There are more people coming to Christ every day than any religion, all of the other religions combined. It's not even, there's not even a question about the statistics. And so anytime you hear that, just like, what? So make the disciples of all nations, you begin with baptism. And, and what I want you to know, regardless of your views on baptism, is I want you to know what Jesus' views on baptism are. Because they're on the screen, they're in the scripture, right here in verse 19. When you are baptized, you receive his name. You're going to baptize them in the name. And you can, you can make an argument because the word there in Greek is ice. And ice, not to be confused with water freezing, it's this E-I-S. Um, ice there is, is this, it, it, it's a preposition which means in and also means into. And I kind of think, you're, you're like, which is it? I kind of like, yes, I think it's both. And that is not only are you in his name, but you're being brought into his name. And I'm, I'm pretty confident in that because if you go to Romans chapter 6, we can see it there where he says, those of you who have been baptized have been baptized into his death and united with him in his resurrection. You bear his name and you are united with Christ. Now see, this is so important because whether or not 
no matter when you were baptized or how much water was used or what church kind of, what kind of church tradition you were in, when you were baptized, you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I always love to make the sign of the cross to remind us what that means. It means that when we say his name, we are saying all of the things that he did. That's called the gospel. The gospel is not what you and I do. It's what he does and has done and continues to do, which is to say he went to the cross for you and for me. That's why Paul is so adamant, carried by the power of the Holy Spirit in Romans 6, to say when you were baptized, you were united with him, both in his death, you were buried with him in his death, and you were united with him in his resurrection. That means you are connected to Jesus forever. No matter what, nothing can separate you from his love. And any time the powers of darkness try to convince us otherwise, just say, get out of here. The shield of faith is raised. And the flaming arrows are extinguished. And we hear the words of Jesus. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It is your name. This is why the scriptures call us Christians. A lot of people don't realize. Where would that come from? In the Bible? It's in, it's in multiple places. You know, we were just reading in our breakfast Bible study on Wednesday in 1 Peter, where 1 Peter uses the words. He says, this is why you're called Christians. Because you are Christians. What's the Greek word? Christian. That's literally just brought straight into our language. It it means you are those who bear the name of Jesus, the Christ, the rescuer, the Messiah. You are his people. And so now you don't have to sit there and wonder, well, when I said that prayer that one day, was was I sincere? I mean, I thought I was sincere, but you know, my behavior sometimes doesn't seem to reflect a sincerity in that prayer. No, you don't need to think of it that way. Do you bear his name or not? And who did that? He did it through his people. He sent people who sent people who sent people who sent people who baptized you into his name. And now you bear his name. So the devil comes along and goes, I don't like you because you got the name of Jesus. And you're like, yeah, that's right. You just get out of here in the name of Jesus. And so I want you to always remember whose name you bear. And that is the power for which you will make disciples by which you already have made and will continue to make, by which all of us in this room continue to disciple. And so that's why I can have a day on the freeway when I say blankety blank and my son's eyes are like, what? And, and then minutes later, someone who says, you know what, let's, let's cry out to Jesus and then watch and see what he does. And both things can happen and his, his power rises to the top. And we don't need to sit here and go, wow, I was a terrible person. I mean, I made a mistake. There's no question. But once again, we're reminded of who we belong to, who we've been brought into, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the promise. And that's why we continue to make the sign of the cross because we're united with them. And how will this work? What's the second way or the second part to this equation, to this formula? I don't like that language, but it's his plan. Matthew 28, verse 20, first half of the verse where he says, and teaching them. Now, you guys got to watch out. It's got the MLV there. Now, the MLV today is slightly inspired by the work of Jeffrey Gibbs because he's kind of the Matthew scholar. But he highlights highlights to us the fact that the word there is this word for, um, normally when you're going to say to 
obey, which is what the NIV translate this as, you would use hippokuo. And hippokuo is kind of an advanced word of listening. You know, it means listen, right? But the word in, in that Jesus used that day was not hippokuo. The word that, gets, that Matthew translates for us is the word, uh, I'm trying to remember the word, and I have to look at my notes, tereo. So I don't have that word memorized, tereo. And tereo is this idea, it includes obey. Certainly that's in there, but it's much more. It's much bigger. Teach them to guard and to keep, to hold on to this, to never let it go. There's this much stronger sense because so many people try to make Christianity into a series of obedience, you know, behavior modification things. And it's like you have to really just stick that in the story. It doesn't come out of the story. It's this idea of listen to what Jesus says. And yes, sometimes that means get off our keisters and get to work. Do the right thing. I get that. Love your neighbor, he said. So that's what we should be doing. But guard and keep all of what he said, not just that. Guard and keep that point when he says, I have come so that you may have life. Guard and keep that moment when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. He who believes in me, though he dies, will live. Guard and keep in your heart when he said, the people who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. Guard and keep in your heart when he said, I am the bread of life. And when you eat this bread, you will never go hungry again. Guard and keep all of his words. And the, and the part where he says the work of God is to believe in the one whom he has sent. John chapter 6. So don't let go of any of those words. So what we do when we gather here is... We teach everything that he has commanded us to guard and to keep. And every once in a while, people were like, well, Mark, you don't have to teach it all in one day. And that's probably true. But sometimes I have that urge, and we, we, we struggle with that. Take a look at verse 20, verse B, which then is his promise. On what basis are we to do all of this? On what basis? This is where that day I met Dar Karsten. Um. I'll never forget that day when he was like, it's about making disciples for Jesus. He always used the phrase, the great co-mission. But what I want you guys to hear and to remember in that co-mission is the fact that Jesus is with us right now. Right now. And when you leave here, he's still with you. Right now. And a few minutes after that, still there. What about that moment when you get home and you're watching the football game and they play that commercial that contains inappropriate stuff and you're like, eh, still there, loving you, caring for you. What about that time when you're at work a little bit later in the week when somebody stabs you in the back and you say something like I did that day on the freeway, still there, loving you, bringing another Jan Karsten to you to teach you, to disciple you so that you can then disciple others who can then disciple others, who can then disciple others, and he will be with all of them until the very end of the age when he will return. The sky will open up and he will descend at the sound of the trumpet of the archangel and he will raise all people, all humans who have ever lived. He will raise them from the dead and he will give to those who have not rejected him and that's the only people who don't get it. It's the ones who say, I don't want it. To anyone who has received him, he gives them the right to become the children of God. John chapter 1. All of his promises will come to fruition that day in fullness. And every single person who has died will be raised bodily. 
This is what we believe, teach, and confess. And on that day, you and I will not have to ever have to do any discipling anymore because we will be with Jesus. But I want you to remember all along the way that your most important discipling activity is to put your trust in Jesus and to join him in what he's already doing. Can we pray about that? Let's do that. Father, I ask you boldly right now to help us put our trust in you so that on the days when we let the cuss words fly on the freeway or a little bit later when someone teaches us about your love once again, that in all of those days, we would know that you are with us. We would know that you, it is the great co-mission, that it is always about making disciples, that that is the purpose of the church, that if the church has any other purpose, she should repent. Our purpose is to make disciples. That is what you have commanded us to do through your word, through the sharing of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, through the body and blood of Christ, through the waters of baptism, through the mutual conversation of all the people of God, through this constant growing and loving and sharing. That's why we hear, Lord, we pray boldly that you would help us to continue to gather and to grow and to encourage and to share. And I pray that you would do that in each of our lives, no matter where we're at, no matter what day it is, that we would see ourselves as discipling, no matter what's happening right now. And we pray this because of your Son, our Lord Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.